unfortunately, I mean, for us, a lot of times our uh, our guests will come on and they'll have their wine with them while we discuss whatever it is right. what we're going to discuss. But a lot of time we'll cover lighter issues as well. So it's not always heavy. It's not always mm-hmm. heavy. You know, so that that happens occasionally. All right, All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Brothers. Real Brothers for the Real World. I'm TL and that's my man, Stace. And we have a special, special guest tonight. Ellie Mistal, contributor of MS, uh, a contributor to MSNBC. Right. Mm-hmm. He has a uh, degree from Harvard, a uh, law degree from Harvard. Right. And we are going to be talking about his new book, Allow Let Me, me to Retort, retort mm-hmm. which you can barely find on shelves anymore, mm-hmm. from what I hear. And uh, just want to say uh, that this is a good book. Is it didn't make the New York Times bestselling list uh, for no reason. That's right. I haven't finished, uh, you know, I haven't finished all of it. As you can see, <laughs> I'm about I'm a little bit more than, you know, I got like one fifth of the book left to, to finish because, you know, we don't have a production staff that That's reads right. and gives us cliff notes. That's right. So, you know, uh, That's right. but, but yeah. That's right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the weekly podcast, Real Brothers of the Real Bird, uh, Real Brothers of the Real World. This is our digital neighborhood. And as TL said, uh, we're joined today by Ellie Mistal. We're going to discuss his book. And uh, if you have questions that you'd like to, to uh, us to add to the conversation, feel free to submit them. And if time permitting, we'll try to get those in as well. Uh, so Ellie, once again, thank you for joining us. This is a big treat. We just saw you on MSNBC. And Terry and I popped on, talked about we were nervous. You said, uh-oh, I hope he doesn't trade us. I was like, uh-oh. MSNBC, you know, so <laughs> we're glad you were able to make it. We're glad you are able to make it. Yeah. Stace, uh, TL, thank you guys so much for having me. One correction to my bio, I am not a contributor to MSNBC. The contributors get paid money. I do it. Uh, I, I am gratis over there. I, nice. I do it for the fame. Oh, okay. Do it, nice. Nice. do it for the people. Okay. okay. Now, right. uh, Ellie, well, that the, works too. The question I was about to ask uh, before we delve into um, allow me to retort, how are you enjoying uh, the whirlwind that uh, we've seen you on The View? I've seen you on a few podcasts. We see you consistently on MSNBC. How are you enjoying this uh, notoriety regarding this book? How are you enjoying it? I, it's a little bit surprising. It's a little bit bracing. I did not expect uh, uh, some of the statements that I've been making to be so controversial. You know, mm. when I said on the view that the Constitution is kind of trash, that kind of started mm, right wing right. media, white wing media. Right, everybody. White? Did you just say <laughs> white wing media? White wing media okay, coming after me because that's what I mean. That's what they are. I mean, it's not. Right. I mean, that's that's right, who they're right. talking to, right? Mm. Um, and I was a little bit surprised about that because it's so obviously not a good document, right? Mm. Like it's not like if you're if you go to law school, if you learn about this stuff, it is not a controversial position to say that the Constitution, as written, was not good and <laughs> and needed some certainly needed some immediate updates. And then even after these updates, um, it's it remains to be a deeply flawed document. That's not breaking new new news. Um, to people so having the white wing pushback has been a little bit like have have y'all read it like have you actually read this constitution that you're kind of defending and calling me the crazy person Mm -hmm. for attacking have you actually read this document because if you read it kind of line by line you'll find a lot of stuff that's stupid Mm. um maybe you just haven't thought about it deeply enough to, to to understand that so that's been a little bit bracing but other than that yeah, you can already see. Like, I'm kind of a wind up doll. You wind me up, I go. Yeah, I let you go. <laughs> the first time I heard you say that was in, I think, 2016, I believe. Uh, you were you were debating somebody, and I was like, first I was like, whoa, what are you, yo, <laughs> he got he, he said he said the Constitution is 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 messed up, yeah, and I'm funny. like, and then once you gave like all of the reasoning behind it. I was like, yo, this this dude is pretty sharp. So mm-hmm, then, you know, mm-hmm. that's when, you know, I started to see you on different shows and everything. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this this is uh this is somebody I can get behind, you know what I mean, as far as you know. So uh, so what does it say to you? Uh what is it what does it say to you the fact that as you called it the white wing media is responding the way that they are. What does it what does it say to you? What does it say about where we are as a country that they're they're, they're so up in arms regarding your your that statement? 
Yeah, well, part of it is that they're only in it for the culture war, right? Mm, There's no intellectualism on that side. There's no kind of desire to to have a real debate or have a real kind of examination of our issues at a country. They're not in it for that. They're in it for the culture war. And I attacked something that they have determined in to a cultural hero, right? Like these people have mm. acted like the constitution was written in stone, right? By the finger of God up on the mountain and then Moses right. brought it down and gave it to them. And it's not right. at all what right. happened, but that's how they decided um, uh, to, to pretend uh, that the document was created. The other thing that you kind of notice, the reason I'm saying the constitution isn't great because it upholds and supports enduring white male supremacy right because it was written by white males for other white males right i mean it was written by white males for white males so that white males would never be alone right Right. and these white males were uh enslavers they were slave owners and uh also uh colonists Mm-hmm. And, and, and imperialists in the whole nine, right? And some of them were abolitionists who were nonetheless willing to make deals with slavers and colonists right. and imperialists, right? Well, like, okay. I wouldn't have made the deal if you had asked me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you want to get away from King George? Yes. Do you want to get away from King George by having some slaves? No. Like right. It's a- <laughs> right. Right. Now, now, okay, that which leads us to my first question, which is probably the most controversial thing that you said. You said that the document is trash and should be trashed and basically rewritten. Am I right with that? I don't quite go so far as to being rewritten because the the problem I have with rewriting it in the modern context is that if we try to do it now, given our current politics, given where white wing Mm. media is, given what white supremacists want, a lot, for the most part, we would build back in the same kind of racial and misogynist um, problems that we have in the original document, right? So if you had a new constitutional convention, who gets to pick the delegate? Right, right. And where do they, what states do they come? Do, do we have every state gets the same amount of delegates? Again, Correct. that's dumb. Right. If Wyoming gets one delegate, then the California should get 58 delegates. Right. right. Are we going to have a constitutional convention like that? Or are we going to have a constitutional convention that once again uh, uh, overrepresents white people in the writing of the document? If we do that, we're going to have the same problems with the document. So I don't, Stacey, I don't go so far as to say we need to rewrite the entire thing. I'm just saying that we need to massively reinterpret it so that so that it works in a fair, equal society. Um, with justice and fairness and equality for all, as opposed to what we've been doing for the past 250 right. years. Okay. So, so how would the American people go about making such a change, such a drastic change, and and make the document where it's it's inclusive of everyone? Well, I think uh, a lot of it can be a lot of it can be done through interpretation, right? Like right now, we have a Supreme Court that considers itself the final arbiter on what is and is not constitutional, right? That, by the way, is not in the Constitution. That's something that the Supreme Court just made up for itself. Um, it decided in 1803 that it would have the power of judicial review, which means it gets to tell Congress and the president what's constitutional and not. Okay, well, if that, if that body has that power, then what I'm going to need is about 20 hard-hitting Supreme Court justices who agree with me. And if you give me, you know, if you give me a majority of Supreme Court justices that agree with my interpretation of the Constitution and agree with my interpretation of justice and fairness and equality and what that looks like, I can do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. And so that's one place where, where I start. We've had 115 Supreme Court justices in American history, about to be 116, and 108 of them have been white men. That's now, not good. Right. Now, that's the, not, question, that's the question that it leads me to then, and I heard you talking about this on one of the podcasts, if it is a living document, as you said earlier, it's not written in stone. And the way that it was was written was to, as you said, to be a, a living document that can be adjusted and amended based on the current times. So that within itself keeps it current or should. So with that being said, right, it should. So the, the question then that I have is the the problem that we have has more to do with participation in the political arena more so than the document itself. Meaning, okay, I'm, okay, I'm listening. 
Unless, I'm gonna let you finish your question and then I'll let me answer. So if if more people participated in politics and it was more of a representative republic, which is the way that it should, then those other voices and views would be heard and reflected and amended to this living document. Right. My problem with that idea is that you can't out-organize racism, right? You can't mm. out-organize structural limitations on the right to right. vote, right? That's so we've right. had four, people don't get this, we've had four constitutional amendments that's try to expand the right to vote, right? We have the 15th Amendment, which uh, which means that you can't prohibit the right to vote because of race, color, um, or creed. The 19th Amendment gives the right to vote to women. The 17th Amendment um, allows for direct popular election of senators. We still don't have direct popular election of the president. And the 24th Amendment eliminates the poll tax. Sorry, I forgot one. And the, 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 the 26th Amendment um, lowers the voting age to 18, right? So we've had a bunch of opportunities to try to make our document more universal, to get towards universal suffrage. And yet, and still, white conservative people routinely deny the vote to people of color, make, the, make it harder for people of color to vote, and in some cases argue that they should be able to throw away votes of people of color full stock, right? Because they There's don't want to relinquish that power. That. When, when we right. talk about the Constitution being a living document, either the 15th Amendment means that what Republicans are doing today is unconstitutional, or our experiment is illegitimate, right? Mm. Pick one and tell me, but you can't have both, right? No. So I so I say that if, if the, the, one of the problems that we have, even with the amendment process, even with the process to make this document more relevant and more living and more kind of uh, uh, work in a modern era. If you allow conservatives to control the interpretation of that document, if you allow Republicans to control how that document's going to be interpreted on the Supreme Court in the modern day, then what you have is what we have right now, which with voter suppression, with gerrymandering, and with the systemic um, diminu uh, diminution of the black vote and the black voice in American politics that is very hard to out-organize, right? Right, true. Uh, Terry, you had something? Yeah, I, I want to get into the book a little bit, Ellie. Um, well, one, of the one of the chapters that was really interesting to me is why you can't punch a cop, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that some of the stuff in there was, you know, very uh, interesting and entertaining and informational. Um, those percentages that you referenced about the conviction, uh, the rate of convictions for wh when white people kill black people, black people, the, the disparity in that was like crazy. Yeah. So how, how can we get that issue along with the fourth amendment, you know, change? Yeah. So let's bring everybody up to speak. So we're all on the same right. page. What, 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 what TL is talking about is I said, I say in the book, the laws around self-defense, like, you know, defense of yourself against an attacker are some of the most provably racist laws that we have statistics for. If you are a white person who shoots a black person in so-called self-defense, you are 254% more likely to have your shooting judged um, as a justifiable homicide wow. than if you are a white person who shoots a white person. If you happen to be a white person who shoots a black person and claims self-defense in a stand-your-ground state, that's not even if you claim stand-your-ground. If you're just complaining self-defense in a state that has a stand-your-ground law, like uh, think of George Zimmerman shooting Trayvon Martin. He didn't claim stand-your-ground in Florida. He claimed self-defense right. in mm. a stand-your-ground state. Mm. Yet that white person is 350% more likely to have their homicide viewed as justified and escape prosecution from the law. That, that's I, terrible. I See, but but, but is that, okay, so now. That's, that's, more, that's stronger than that, right? So what we have is a system of self-defense that is fundamentally and systemically racist against black bodies. Um, TL was asking how we change that. Again, I, I say that you can stop 
a lot of this by by changing a couple of cases. I have three cases in particular on the Supreme Court that I talk about in the book, um, changing the use of force, changing um, the stop and frisk laws, and changing qualified immunity. That would lessen the ability of cops to shoot us. But in terms of just the average white person on the street shooting and killing a black person that they claim self-defense in, that's a longer-term project in terms of really changing the jury structure and, and quite frankly changing the racist culture of this country. And right. that, even, and I was going to get at that because you see, it, what, what, and that's what I was going to get at because TL and I we talked about this one time before, and I tend to think that a lot of it is is not so much as uh, an issue with the the written law. I I in my from my position, I thought it had more to do with the interpretation of it because the law doesn't state black or white. But if you have, like you said, Zimmerman had a jury trial, right? Zimmerman had a jury. So if he had a but jury it's the application of, his peers, of those laws. Right, it's the application of it, right? So with, with that being said, again, if, if more people were, uh, uh, and I go, of course, when they choose the jury, jury selection would have to be tightened up a bit. But if if the jury selection was uh, uh, changed or adjusted, then wouldn't well, Stace, that he has a part in his book that actually explains uh, the jury selection pr process and mm -hmm. how black people have always been uh, taken out of that process by mm -hmm. I forget what the name of the term when is. I guess the, Ellie, the, it's, uh, you, uh, it's yeah. It's called the peremptory challenge, right? Mm -hmm. So if you right. sit, if you go to jury duty, as uh, hopefully everybody should, it's one of the most important civic um, duties that you can do, and really one of the best ways to stop right. injustice from having it happening in the black community. Take your jury summons, go to jury duty if you can. It's one of really the most important things you can do as a citizen. In any event, you go to your jury summons, um, you get impaneled for a trial, and what happens is that both lawyers get to ask all the prospective jurors questions, right? right? And then based on their answers to to those questions, um, the, the both lawyers have the opportunity to reject people from sitting on the actual jury. We call right. these rejections peremptory challenges. Mm -hmm. Turns out lawyers don't actually have to have a reason to reject you. Right. They can reject you for any reason or no reason at all. There are very few rules governing peremptory challenges. It took a long time in this country for us to say that you couldn't reject somebody from the jury just because they were black. When mm -hmm. I say a long time, I mean, it wasn't until 1986. Mm -hmm. Wow. 1986, the challenger exploded. It was, wasn't until the challenger exploded that we had a case that said you couldn't um, uh, uh, reject jurors just because they're black. And if you did, there would be some process to see if that was legitimate or not, right? Right. So that was called that was called Batson v. Kentucky, and it's a huge case. It's a really important case. But at the end of the day, even after this case in 1986, what's the way the court decided it was that you can't reject somebody just because they're black. But mm. if you have a legitimate non-racial reason, right. then you can still reject black jurors. And boy, let me tell you about some non-racial reasons that people have come up with, right? They've said that they've rejected jurors because they look like the defendant, because they have wow. similar hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, like all of these okay. racist tropes have right. been used to still reject black jurors, which is why in many counties, even though the county itself might be diverse, Mm, you'll right. have a jury of almost right. entirely white people and that's still happening community. today and right that's, and look that's think about the 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 Omar Arbery um, right. killing in Georgia right. they yep. had an all white jury they right. all white jury finally did the right thing thank god right. but right. they still had an all white jury by rejecting the four black jurors that showed up in the town right that mm -hmm. should be unconstitutional right. and the black public wasn't sure in terms that they of the would even it's not Right. right, and the black right. public wasn't even sure that they would even, uh, you know, convict those people. You know what now, I mean? Because it was a doubt in my mind. I'm like, oh, I wasn't go. sure. Yeah. I wasn't right, sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? I no one was 100. percent We almost like we've been down that road before, so no right. one can be confident that a decision is going to go quote unquote the right way. I, I have a question then. So with with that being said, Ellie, as, as you just mentioned that in the uh, in that case with uh, Arbery, um, a white jury convicted uh, all white jury convicted that uh those uh defendants so the question is and and this can also go back to 
uh, when you're talking about the Constitution and uh, participation. As the country browns and more people uh, of, of color uh, get involved and, and, and you have, and, and even some white folk become a little bit, and I hate to use the word, but kind of wake up a little bit. Does that change and browning within itself also have a positive effect on the way laws are written? So I'm, I'm asking, as, as the country changes and browns, does that also give you any hope that things will get better? Well, when it comes to criminal justice, not unless you have a camera phone, right? Like, I just pray to God <laughs> right. they get me, that I get that somebody, there's a My surveillance brother. camera somewhere, right? right? Because because <laughs> what we have seen in our country mm. is that white people won't even pretend to listen to you unless there's video. Mm. Like, right. the video doesn't mean right. that white people will do the right thing, but right. they won't even think about doing the right thing and they unless there's actual video of them getting you. Of right. them then, killing you without the video, they won't even they don't even want to hear about it, right? And the thing um, is that they have been doing this for years. Mm, the true. smartphone is what actually that's right. Uh, yeah. ha, has has taken our movement or our uh, you know the the uh, cops aren't killing more of us. The cops are being caught being killing caught more, us, right? This just like they've always forever. been because right. of the smartphone, and just, and also because you and what you also see, and I, and I've written about this a lot, not in this not in this book, but I've written about this a lot on the nation in my columns. Just the the idea that the mainstream press still will report a police report as if it is true. Right. When time right. and time again, we yeah. see that the initial police report is nothing right. but a pack of lies, lies. nothing right. but straight up lies made by the cops to make themselves mm -hmm. look bad. Mm -hmm. The police report in the, in the Breonna Taylor situation, mm -hmm. that was a complete lie. The police report in the in the Alma and Aubrey case, that was a That's complete right. lie. The police report in the Derek Chauvin case, that was a complete lie. The video exposes the lie a lot mm -hmm. of the times, right. but there's still media that will just publish and there's still people that will believe a police report think about how many of our people how many of our ancestors have have been uh put in jail behind some false thing on the police right. report right and people and they've complained about it and nobody believed them trust even me though, i know even their friends and family didn't believe them right yep. how many how many black people have gone to jail how many black people have gone to death row how many have just some lion Cops. That's right. Absolutely, and it's still happening today unless you get a police report. So now, shouldn't now there I, be a law. Shouldn't there be a yeah, law? The consequences that, that, there definitely to be that, consequences. That, that the police shouldn't be able to lie with impunity. Right, right. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, the qualified if they're lying, or if you know it was proven that their statement is false, right. there should be some kind of reprimand, or there should be something to make them accountable. I yeah. agree, but again, yeah. I can't make that happen unless you give me at least five Supreme Court justices <laughs> right, right, um, right. who agree with me as well. Like I've made the, I make the the claim in my book, I make the argument in my book um, that we should move to a reasonable in fact standard, right? So, like is, right now that? for police use of deadly force, mm -hmm. um, it comes from a case called Graham v. Connor. That's when the cops beat the crap out of a black diabetic man. Um, the, the conservatives on the Supreme Court said beating the crap out of this man was a reasonable use of force, and they changed this, the, the term to be reasonable according to another cop on the scene, right? Mm -hmm. So cops only have to be as reasonable as the next cop. I think right. that's ridiculous, okay. right? It's right. like saying, like, my dog only has to be as reasonable as the next dog. Like, what? Right. No, I don't think that's right. Right. the right. standard, right? So I, I would like to see what's called a reasonable in fact standard. That means if the cop thinks I have a gun, I better have a gun. Better have mm. a gun. Right. Right. Especially right. if he shot you. If I have a gun and shoots me, I better, better have, have a gun. gun. Right. If I have a wallet, yeah. a that should be a consequence. Right. Or right. a pick in my hair, that right. cop goes to jail. I agree. Agree. Not pass go, agree. Does not collect $200. Right. It would be a strict liability. You shot him. You were wrong. You're in jail. Yeah. We're done here, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that would be a now cops, cops, police unions. They'll say, "Well, you know, Ellie, if you do, that might make us hesitate." No. Yes, yeah. right. I right. want you to hesitate right. before you shoot me. I don't right. think that's, yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah. Is that is right. that right? I was about to just say that. Is that a lot to ask? I mean, just the, you know, just just 
Give me a I want second. You to stop and think. I want you to be sure you have to kill me right. before you kill me. So now, now let me ask you this then. So um, they uh, the the um, with the anti-lynching bill just went through, right? Uh, right, just went through, and we see gradual changes happening. And and even going back to when we talk about um, uh, white folk not believing you unless they see video again the gradual changes that we see taking place though is it do you know is it is not fast enough or what are your thoughts on that because we we see things changing and, and now we even have you know there's some white folk out there that are on the lines and changed. marching it's, and that's appeasement there's a difference i mean but but it but it's changed nonetheless it's, it's changed nonetheless what are your, what are your thoughts i um are we seeing changes? Um, I'm still waiting for my George Floyd prize. I'm still waiting for my Michael Brown prize. We had black people out in the streets for an entire summer during mm. a pandemic demanding immediate redress of our issues, demanding justice now. And what actually, what law did the federal government pass? Mm, federal, federal. Zero. Okay. George Floyd policing, policing. Joe Biden would be retired in Delaware if it wasn't for black people. That's right. But where is the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act? It is mm -hmm. dead in the water and in the Senate, right? Now, mm -hmm. part of this, I address in the book, part of this is called, is, part of the problem is federalism. Correct. Um, federalism is the idea that each, that instead of one big country, we have 50 independent right. states, states, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Now look, whenever, this is something that I, that I always try to tell, especially younger black people just getting in to understanding the law and things like that. Whenever you hear states' rights, mm. whenever you hear the argument states' mm. rights, you should think about it as the exact argument that the slavers made. Mm. That states' right argument, yep. it comes from the sla slavers who wanted to protect slavery at the uh, the founding. It was indelt. It was it was it was interpreted and emboldened by the former Confederacy when they couldn't deal with the idea not of ending slavery in the south just stopping its expansion into the west states rights is always the last bastion of the slaver and every yeah. time you hear that phrase even if you're hearing it be our dog on whistle. our side or is good or whatever right. you should always have a heightened like mm, what is he really talking about what is he really right? saying right so when we talk about like federalism when it comes to policing understand we don't have one police system we don't have 50 police systems there are over 3,000 sheriff's offices in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And each one of those offices, sheriff's offices or, you know, um, police commissioner uh, zones, right? And each one of those offices has a little bit of power and determination over the rules of when I can be shot to death, right? right. So literally the rules governing when I can be shot to death and whether or not I will be shot to death change on whether I'm in Manhattan or Hoboken or Trenton. Mm -hmm. And that is bonkers. Like that, right. that is again, when I talk about the constitution being kind of trash, that is a dumb system. Right. True. We should right. have a baseline. A, we should have a baseline of police accountability mm -hmm. throughout our country, below mm -hmm. which no police force can fall. And then if some jurisdictions want to make even a higher standard, that would be fine too right. with me. So we there, there's a lot of ways to think about reforming here, but one of the ways is to have real federal, the federal government really step in and establish some baseline rules, like the no chokehold thing, right. like a rule against no knock warrants. Now, you know, Biden's done it for the FBI, and that's that's great. There are a lot of brothers out here being shot by Clarice Starling, but sure, <laughs> it's great that he's done it for the FBI. Right. At what point is he going to do it for the local cop on the street? Because that's my problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so. Let me let me ask you a question, Elliot. And so so Stace Stacy, he um he always pointing out the incremental changes to me. And right. I'm I'm always like, no, we've been waiting over 400 years. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit too incremental for me. So um oh, we, we have a thing, we, we have a thing called the black dollar blackout uh that we're trying to do on June the eleventh, which is the uh which is the day uh which is the date that uh my son was murdered and what we want to do is try to show the financial 
power of black people in this country. Because the bottom line is, no matter how much we protest, march, uh, you know, vote, the bottom line is that it's about money, right? And the only way that we can leverage, uh, leverage our strength is to hold, withhold our black dollars because our black dollars are very important to this, not only just this economy, but you know, the financial market. We this right, country right. literally runs on the back of black people. Absolutely. Now, now, the, now I am, I, I do agree with TL. Uh, regarding the um, the strength and the power of the black dollar, but when he with that little dig he put in, let me let me kind of give you my my spin on it. <laughs> he tried to sneak that in on me. Yo. He just <laughs> got listening. All right, but my 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 response to that, Ellie, is always that the, the way this country was 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 built, and and for any major decisions. I don't think that I don't think that change be swift. I think that any change, especially when you talk about federal, you talk about uh, changes at the federal level, they should be thought out. They should be pondered. They should be considered. And it takes time. You know, I don't think that anyone should be able to go in, snap their fingers and make a change because it, while it might benefit you one time, now you might get someone in there like Trump, snap his fingers, and make a drastic change and spin everything backwards overnight. How much time do we need? No, no. I mean, but see, but again, as I said earlier, though, I, I, I get it. But I look at where we were versus where we are. And again, I just say that change, that, that type of change, as long as we're moving forward, that's what I'm looking at. You know, as long as we're moving forward. So, so. I got, I got a couple of things here. One, let's 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 really let's interrogate this idea that we're moving forward, right? Because I know that I know why why you say that. I know why 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 we want we do, we don't want to denigrate what progress has been made, right? We don't want to, you know, my, my mom was born in. 1950 in Mississippi, right? Mm -hmm. I've been to a family reunion where my mom had me, you know, drink from a water fountain. And I was like, Mom, I'm like nine. I'm like, Mommy, I'm not thirsty. She's like, drink from this water fountain. I was like, okay. And I drank <laughs> and you can see they just scratched out the whites only, right? Wow. And so like for my mom, wow. it was this big thing of having her kid drink from the water fountain that she wasn't herself allowed to drink mm -hmm. out of when she was a kid, right? So there's progress. I'm not I mean, trying I'm not to denigrate the, the, the idea. However, all right, let's let's look at it in, in broad strokes. I said already on, on this program, the 15th Amendment is what gives should give everybody the right to vote. The right. 19th Amendment is what gave women the right to vote. Now, the 19th Amendment didn't mean anything for black women and the 15th Amendment didn't mean anything for black men until the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Mm. That's my pick for the most important piece of legislation in American history, because it's the 1965 Voting Rights Act that for the first time made to, made America anything approaching a democracy. It was, we were an apartheid state mm -hmm. until 1965, if you understand what voting means for a political republic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from 1965 on, it takes black people like 40 years 40 years to go from oppressed and not able to participate in the in the in the politics of the society to electing the first black president. Mm -hmm. Name me another like that's that's a historic rise, right? That mm -hmm. that shows that we are not what the media says about us. We're not we're, we are not lazy or shiftless. Right. We are we are deeply committed to politics. We are not apathetic. 40 right. years from you know started at the bottom now we here. Right. Mm -hmm. Then Obama wins again, proving that it wasn't a fluke the first time, proving the strength and power of an unleashed black voting populace. And the first thing that white people did once Obama won again, once they realized it wasn't a fluke, that, that was to party. take away mm -hmm. the Voting Rights Act. Right. That's the right. first thing they did. John Roberts, 2013, Shelby County versus Holder cuts the Voting Rights Act out of the knees. 
So before they do any of this other crap they're doing, before all the other voter suppression ideas, the first thing they had to do is get rid of the Voting Rights Act. Right. So when you look at the big picture and you can say that we have made progress, or, but I would like to say, and I think TL already mentioned this, mentioned it this way, we've made movement. I don't know that we've made progress. <laughs> right. Mm. That, that, because, that's a good way to say it. That, that's because, a good way. Yep. Because as soon as we did start to make progress, white people took the thing, the one thing that thing we needed that, yep. away from us, and that was the ability to participate. But, this, but, it's not but going the law. On the voting rights act. This is this is not like Jim Crow. This is it exactly is. what right. Jim Crow was. Right. But but now the but the other side of that to, to to tease that out a little further. Then laws change when something happens and you realize that you need to address something. So like you said, you know, no no, no one, you know, maybe no one was uh, uh, ingenious enough to think that they would go in and tamper with the right to vote, which they did. So now that you see that that happens, now you have to hit the street again. You have to uh, uh, let the folk know what's going on and say, look, we need you to vote because look at what they're doing in these southern states as far as stripping away the right to vote. So I guess one could also argue that that just makes us realize that we have to stay vigilant because if, if we relax, then these are these could be the consequences that happen. So so. I say all that, that, but Stace, I'm not going to put that on black people because let's remember that the Voting Rights Act was reauthorized in 2006 by noted not carer of black people George W. Bush. He's the one who signed the reauthorization that passed like 98 to zero in the Senate. Black people did not fall asleep at the wheel when it came to the Voting Rights Act. What? If I'm gonna blame black people, I'm, I'm gonna blame all liberals and all progressives and Correct. all Democrats for not taking the Supreme Court seriously. And enough. that's my point. I wasn't and blaming I have a, black folks. I have folk. a question this, this, that goes this, along with that. Just one last thing. I, I, I'm not saying that. I think what I'm saying, Ellie, is what you just said is not to blame all black folk. It's to 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 make progressive people and woke people. And I hate to use that word, but you understand what I'm saying. People that are understanding how this country works realize that, like I said, you have to stay vigilant and not think that we made progress and now we can relax. But but that within itself is not a negative. Go ahead, go ahead, Nike. Let let me ask this. Now, in in saying that, you know, our voter turnout and and the different voting laws that they're trying to pass, you know, to, to keep us from not, you know, showing up at the polls. Would it be beneficial for black and brown people to have another political political party other than the just the just the same two bloods and crips that are already in, in the uh, you know, the, the 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 Congress and and the White House. And before you answer, this, this is where we part ways. Go ahead. Go this ahead, is where <laughs> No, because but what I, because what I'm saying is, if you look at our system, right, it's all run by the same people. Those teams, that blood, those bloods, and those crips, they're all the same people, and their agendas are similar. You know, uh, okay, Ellie, the, the, let's let the right respond. might be a little bit farther left. I mean, farther, you know, farther right, and and the, and the left may be, you know, a little bit farther left. But in reality, they they both are doing the same the, the same thing because they get approached. As soon as you get a, a position in Congress, you get approached by how many lobbyists, mm-hmm. you know, okay. uh, senators, same thing. So we need a then this is just my opinion. I believe that we need a, a political party for for minorities and, and lower class not lower class, but lower income uh, people. What do you think, Ali? So the reason why I disagree with that is because of how our system works, right? In a parliamentary system, like what they have in Canada or England or most countries in Europe, right? What you're saying, TL, absolutely works. You have, you know, there are 18 different parties right. in Israel, right? right? They're, they're, the other countries have lots of different parties, and that works because representation, representation in the government is based on a percentage of the vote, right? Mm-hmm. So if your black party, if your, you know, your, if your fist in the air party 
only gets 10% of the vote, that's fine. 10%, you get 10% representation in the legislature, right? But that's our system, and again, this goes back to the, the Constitution, Democratic it's kind of right. trash. Our dumbass system um, is a winner-take-all system. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you got if you get 49% of the vote, you get zero representation if the other people get 51% of the vote, right? Um, a, a good way of, of thinking about that, that ridiculous winner-take-allness is to look at where most Black people live, right? Most Black people in this country do not live in New York or California. We're not, we're not coastal people. Most Black people still live in the states where our ancestors were enslaved. So the Blackest state in the country is Mississippi. The mm. second Blackest <laughs> is Louisiana, right? Like right. these are the states where that, that are Blackest by population. But as long as white people stick together in those states, the reason why Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana and Georgia are generally red states, despite an overwhelming amount of black people, is that there's just a little bit more white people. And because we have a winner-take-all system, the having plus one white person makes that the whole state is represented by white people, right? So, like, honestly, if you thought about it in a parliamentary system, a state like Mississippi would send 51 delegates that were, you know, Republican and 49 delegates that were Democrat. But because and that's also why should, why I think we should use the the popular vote and not this, you know. Sure. Again, the, but that's the like, electoral the college. They don't call yeah. for that, right? So, the electoral. So, so I even disagree with that, though. I mean, I, I, you I don't disagree I, with that. You don't want the popular vote. No, I I I understand. Electoral college? No, 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 because this is why I say that though, because in 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 our system the way that it is now, the only way that people in smaller states have any position at all, or the only way that the only way that they're heard, is because they do have a a a, a represent. Uh, they are represented by their electoral people of uh, their electoral numbers meaning a small state like Rhode Island if if you went strictly strictly popular vote then the presidents would only go to the largest states maybe five of them that's California they would go to New York they would go to uh, uh, maybe Pennsylvania they wouldn't hear the concerns of Montana at all though right because but no no that's just not okay that's just not true because okay a couple, a couple of ways one when was the last time the president went to rhode island when was the last time the president went to, to wyoming so you're thinking about in, in the primary process right where the president has to go if you're a democrat running you have to go to new hampshire you got to go to mm -hmm, iowa right. to win your primary but in the general election presidents don't go to rhode island presidents don't go to wyoming those states are already locked down for their sides they don't have to fight about mm -hmm. them they only go to the battleground states so all so also in the electoral college system presidents don't go to new york presidents don't go to california presidents are. don't go to texas they right. go to florida right. they go right. to pennsylvania they go to arizona they go to swing states so it doesn't help small states or big states the electoral college um focuses on marginal states right with right. marginal right. Popul populations that's again not the best way of thinking about it because what it means is that and you saw this all throughout the Trump era. A Republican president can ignore states that usually vote liberal like New York and California. A Democratic president can ignore states that usually vote conservatives like uh, like Arizona, sorry, sorry like Texas um, or, or, or Indiana. That means that, the, that depending on the party, entire states get ignored. Whereas <laughs> if you did it by popular vote, you couldn't write off Everybody in California, do you know? Here's the, here's the last way I'll put it. Mm -hmm. Tell me the state that Trump got the most votes from in 2020. Um, California. The state um, that he got. Tell me the state that Biden got the second okay. most amount of votes for in 2020. Texas. Mm. Republicans in California and Democrats in Texas deserve to have their voices heard too, but they can't have their voices heard when we have an electoral college. So the, you want to do the primary system state by state by state by state? Fine, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to do that. But when it comes to a general election, doing it by popular vote is the only way to make sure that everybody's voices 
are heard and not just the voices of people in Florida and people in Pennsylvania right. and right. people in Michigan. But now, but is it the case though that they can say they can ignore New York because they know what the issues of that large state happens to be and they know that that state typically swings liberal. So they can, and I don't want to use the word ignore, they might not have to go and and politic there, but they have to know those that state's concerns because it's a liberal state. So imagine, so okay, so what would happen if they, if if to use your word, ignore uh, the the concerns of a state like uh, uh, New York and that liberal state? They started sounding too conservative. Then they run the risk of losing that state, though, right? I mean, but so Republican presidents can ignore liberal states, right? So Donald Trump can make it literally. When Trump was president, he was like, "Screw it, let California burn, let California burn." Because I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win that state, right? And which is which? A, I mean, that's not something a president should do. Correct. But again, B, <laughs> tons of right. Republicans in California were getting their crap burnt out. Like you, like our our presidential election system should not favor presidents ignoring one state or another state because well, they're right. not going to win it. Because if it was if it was the reverse, if it was by popular vote. And people saw Trump not ignoring a blue state, but by but saw Trump ignoring people. Mm-hmm. Well, that might hurt Trump, and that's what happened with COVID. This, I, I can I can prove that point. But if you look at what happened with COVID, Trump mm-hmm. wasn't able to say COVID is an East Coast problem, a right. liberal state problem. Right. He tried to at first, right? But eventually, he couldn't say that because it started to kill his own people, mm-hmm. and that's uh-huh. when COVID got bad for Trump. I don't think Trump loses without COVID. I think his poor response to COVID had more to do with him losing than any other factor. But it also is what ha- it's what it's one of the big reasons why he lost a state like Arizona that he won in 2016. Why he lost a state like Michigan when he which he won in 2016 because he couldn't say COVID is just owning the lips. Right. 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 And so, also whereas, and- whereas the wildfires he could pretend like literally right. people's property burning to the ground was a lib problem. Right. Right. Well, go ahead, TL. No, no, I was just going to I was going to expand on that a little bit and just be like the the, the popular vote the, the the election wouldn't be in question if we went by the popular vote. I, Biden got something like what? Two million more votes or four like million seven. more votes. Can I just interject this? The the here's the other problem, right? The Democrat has beaten the Republican mm-hmm. in right. the presidential election for seven of the last eight presidential right. elections. The last right. uh, uh since the second Bush, the, the first Bush term, wow. seven of the last eight elections have been won by the Democrat, and yet both parties have spent the same amount of time in the old right. House. Right. Now, well, okay, now I have a question then. So and you, you mentioned earlier that the Electoral College is to uh, uh make sure that the voices of the sideline or the uh, uh i forgot the, the word you used that the the minority ver- voices are heard how would then the issues of someone living in montana where it might be only 50 people living there how would their farming and their agricultural concerns be heard if there's only 20 people living in that state if 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 well, they have, you know what I mean? At least with that doesn't electoral. have anything to do with the electoral college. No, it, no, no, no. Let, because, me, let me finish my question though. But, but, at least with the electoral college, Montana have might have two people that are sent because every state has to have someone sent. Whereas if you go strictly popular vote, again, how would those concerns, how would the concerns of those little states be heard and addressed then? Because so, those 50 I got, people I got two responses vote. to that. First of all, if Montana had farming issues, they would have to conglomerate with other farmers. That's how it gets. That's how it gets done in democracy. It's not okay for me to sit in my. You know, I've got some special suburban issues up here in New York. I want my voice heard. No, if I want to have my suburban issues heard, I gotta like partner with other suburbanites mm-hmm. in other states. I gotta part. I live in Westchester. I gotta partner with suburbanites in Jersey. I gotta partner with suburbanites in Long Island to get my voices heard. So why can't a farmer in Montana? figure out how they have the same issues as a farmer in Indiana and come together and become a lobby. That's how it's done in a democracy, number one. Number two, there's just, even if I thought that these issues were not going to be voiced, which I don't think, as I've just explained, the idea that the way to fix this 
is through unequal representation, both in the Senate and the Electoral College. As I said earlier, the way that it's set up right now with their with their outsized vote is that one vote in Montana is worth 58 votes in California. Mm, right. That's just not fair. Mm, that's mm. just that's just straight up not fair it's not a democracy i don't care how we got here i don't care what special issues they think they have in montana it doesn't make them 58 times more important mm -hmm. than a person <laughs> right. living in california it just can't do that right north dakota and south dakota combined have a smaller combined get four senators and have a smaller population by a factor of 10 than queens mm. queens right. <laughs> right so you cannot tell me that queens gets you know a 119th say mm. in the two senators from new york but both dakotas can roll up with four senators and mm. now we have a democracy that's not right. democracy that's white rule and the last thing i'll say about this what the reason why i say it's minority white rule is because as i've said black people are not evenly distributed throughout the country people mm. of color aren't evenly distributed throughout the country right latinos they're living in texas new mexico arizona asian people they're living in california and uh, uh parts of the, the, the east coast and north carolina we're not evenly spread out there aren't a lot of black people in minnesota there aren't mm. a lot of black people in the dakotas so that that structure that values one vote in Montana at 58 votes in California, what it's really doing is valuing one white vote in Montana mm. at 58 votes in California. I've said for a long time, if I was a liberal billionaire, instead of trying to build a colony on the moon or whatever these <laughs> right. people are doing, I would build affordable housing in Montana mm. and move 200,000 people from Queens, New York, into palatial um, estates out in Montana wow. and get me two extra senators that way. That, wow. that brings me to that brings me to my next question. Well, I actually have two questions, Ellie, and I'm 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 seeing how I can intertwine them somehow. Uh, the one question I had was okay. It was about um, the taking of black land in your mm. book, and it was talking about. And this is something I had no idea about. And you know, it's one more thing I learned about you know from your book. That uh, Seneca Village, the way they uh, they took, which was a black. Well, I'll let you uh, you know uh, you know uh, answer more about it. Which you know the black community, which they took uh, from these black people to make Central Park a park mm. where people were living. Do you think that? And and I guess this is a two-parter. Reparations. Do you think it is first one? Is it possible? Check and what is why aren't we more uh why aren't we fighting more to get reparations uh okay. we have a gofundme actually uh for we're, we're trying to raise money for an attorney for, for reparations because you know uh we're, we're trying to do this for you know I, I don't know the legal system as well in order to you know pursue something like that but i do know we need reparations mm. so I, I i am i am a fan of reparations i believe that reparations are necessary and and should be required i think where people get screwed up with reparations is that it's it's very complicated to think about how to dole them out oh, right. give two for what like are you giving right. just reparations from slavery that kind of thinks about one kind of harm but like if we're giving reparations out why would we give rep why would we stop the clock in 1865 when there was so much racism and lynching and and, and bombing that happened after 1865 mm, right. straight up until right. you know pretty much the present day how are you going to give reparations for slavery but not give reparations for the people who got their um their their econ their their economy bombed out mm -hmm. from the sky but, but Tulsa, um, right they, they, how are you going to give reparations to people who got their economy bombed out of the sky in Tulsa but aren't going to get reparations with people who have their families destroyed by redlining or mm, by true. takings and that brings me to the to the point you were making about Seneca Village one of the things that happens a lot in this country is that whenever the government wants to take your land to build whatever they say they want sometimes it's a good thing like a hospital right. sometimes it's an unnecessary thing like a sports stadium but sure. whatever it is the government says it needs to build when it comes to take your land it's usually taking poor black people's land mm. 
and giving them cut rate slum prices for that land, not paying them the full value of the land and certainly not paying them full value of what the land would be worth after the white people come in and do their quote unquote development, right? So I think that reparations, I think that takings are a great way to start thinking about reparations because there are so many families we have records of who had their land just taken right from out from under them through gentrification processes, through urbanization, revitalization processes, through sports stadiums, through making of parks and beaches. So many black families who had their wealth taken out of them understand that owning a home is still one of the best ways to build generational wealth in this country. And owning a home is exactly what was ta- what is taken when the government comes and takes your property to build a central park or to build um, a, a, a new sports complex, right? So I think repar- I think takings are a great way to start the conversation of reparations because it's very easy to see like we what, paid you X own? amount of oh, no. land, yeah. the land is actually worth a Y. Right. Here's this the is what we owe you. Right. Well, I have a question. I have examples of 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 people who have already received reparations from from the United States and and my only concern is like so Japanese Americans they've 1.6 billion dollars uh what we have uh Ottawa Indians 32 million Chippewas they they got a settlement uh the soy the, the soy Indians the, the Sioux Indians, rather, they got us uh, reparations. Uh, Alaskan natives, they got reparations. So, right. so what I'm saying, it could be done could if be they want right. to yeah. do it. Yeah. They just don't want to do it. Well, and like you said, I could, that it, I, could, I could I could give them. A, you could cut off, like if you're migrated to this country, if uh, past a certain date, your qualifications should only be that you're black, because none of us would even be here if we weren't brought. And there, right. as far as I know, there's no uh, there, there's no uh, statute of limitations on uh, human trafficking, True. as far as I know. I, I, uh, I, I have know. a question. Now, I, and I heard you mention this, uh, and I thought it was interesting because you hear it a lot. You said that reverse racism is not real. Um, right? Okay. Yeah. Can, can, you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, just from a legal standpoint, right? When we when we talk about racism, what we're really talking about is protected class status. That's a legal term of art. Um, and what it means is that when we look at something like the equal protection laws, um, we look at them with a view towards the protected classes, right? That have been historically left out of the equal protection of laws. Well, how you define a protected class and who is in a protected class is actually a really complicated legal jargon. The, the courts are kind of making it up as they go along, but it's most, it's certainly black people. It's certainly um, uh, new immigrants, Latinos and, and, and what have you. Um, it might be women. Women are kind of quasi protected class. It might be the LGBTQ community. What it certainly ain't is white people, mm, right. white people themselves okay are not a protected class, which means that there isn't an equal protection argument, which means there isn't a real racism argument that you can do to them because they're not a protected class. Mm. Now, I would be one of the people who would argue that there should be some white people that are protected class. Other people, it's it's white people who won't agree with me on that because I'm not saying that you should be a protected class just because you're white. Whiteness right. is not a protected class. The they're in the majority. They're in right. control. But poverty? Status. I, right. I would absolutely be willing to treat impoverished people, which would include a whole lot of white people. Right. I would totally be willing to treat white people, uh, impoverished white people as a protected class. Mm. It is white Republicans who disagree with me there, so you got to go mm. talk to your boys if you want some protected <laughs> class. That is not me. Well, right. wait, Black, we 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 uh we glazed over the reparations. I just wanted to dig into that a little bit further because that's something that I I generally you know believe because it, it would be different if I didn't have examples of this already happening. You know, so why not? Like, why not us? Why should we not have reparations? I mean, because the same way the Indians sued for reparations for their land, we could sue for reparations for our labor. Mm-hmm. 
Our labor was forced. Yeah. People have. There have been lawsuits for people. We talked about it before. There have been, been people successful that because, said it. And I can tell you that because I haven't got my reparations check in the mail yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm not saying that they're <laughs> successful, but they're, they're, you know, there are folks out there and organizations out there fighting for just that. You but know, there, I but guess there, it, it, it doesn't only, even have to be a payout. It could be, we shouldn't have, for, for instance, we shouldn't have to pay taxes in the U.S. Mm. We built this country. We shouldn't have to pay taxes. Well, Ellie, that could be part of something? our reparation settlement. Mm-hmm. Or, I like the ideas. My issue is that I'm still trying to get the Supreme Court to agree that white people can't discriminate against me tomorrow. Right. Right. Like, I, <laughs> right. It's just so much. Like, right. I would right. love to get the Supreme Court to agree to give back pay for labor, but I can't get the Supreme Court to agree that I should be allowed to go vote this right. November right. without right. friction. Right. So, like, the, the priority is you gotta remember the court right now is six to three conservative, right? Mm. Like they, oh, yeah. like we, we are so, like, and I think a lot of liberals don't understand just how behind we are. That's right. Um, getting right. the court well, to, they have to any of these precedent? ideas is just it. We, I, to me, unless we change the structure of the court, we're getting nowhere. Ellie, you think we should add? You think there should be more uh, justices added? Go ahead, Knight. What are you saying? You're, no, you're see, see this is the thing. Like you're you're acting as if the Supreme Court is going to do something because it's the right thing to do. But no, that's not, that's <laughs> that's not, not the way it works. how they act. So like, yes, you can right. say there, there's a precedent that you all should agree with. And they can say, yeah, we're not going to look at that. We don't care mm-hmm. about that. Right. That's what they're going to say with abortion right now. That's what they're going to say with gun rights. Think about the Muslim ban, right? The Muslim mm-hmm. ban was clearly a religious test. It was clearly right. unconstitutional. The Supreme Court said, I don't care. Right. They just, right. just, just I don't care. They, 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 there are, there are tons of good quality legal arguments you can make but if six conservative justices do not agree with you doesn't then it matter. doesn't matter nobody right. stops them I, one of the yeah. things that i've tried to get That's people why to understand system is flawed. through the book is that like people understand the power of the of the first branch of government of congress they understand right. the power that congress has they understand the power the president has the second branch of government they don't understand the power mm. that this third branch of government, the Supreme Court, has. Mm. It has just as much power right. as the other two bran- branches. Right. And I argue it has more power than the mm. other two branches the because the one. Supreme Court can veto mm. acts passed by the other two branches, right? Mm. So the president right. can say, okay, everybody gets reparations. And the Supreme Court can say, no, they ain't. It's unconstitutional. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So do you think that they, uh, they should go with, I know they were, they were kicking this around at one time uh that they should add uh additional justices maybe go yes. to 15 yes i i term limits yes i, I think, think we should add, i think we should add 20 20 uh, people go yeah why is 20? well if you think 29 justices are too big i'll have you know that the ninth circuit court of appeals that's the lower court that controls california oregon washington arizona hawaii they yeah. have 29 justices judges mm-hmm. and they work just fine and so why can't the Supreme Court right? have 29 justices? Limits? I'll tell you what would happen with 29 justices. One, the confirmation process would get a lot better True. because it would be a lot more yeah. rote right. just replacing right. people as they come up. It wouldn't right. be so everybody go to the mattresses. Mm-hmm. Um, decisions would get a lot more mainstream. I mean, think mm. about it this way. I made this analogy on, on some of the other shows. But like if you've got to get five of your friends to go out to dinner, you might you might go to the club. Right. You might you might you might go to some places, right? Oh yeah. If you gotta get 15 of your friends to True. go out to dinner, you're gonna go to Chili's. <laughs> you're gonna right. go to Applebee's. You're right, gonna right. do this yeah. central mass mainstream True. thing, right? True. So if you have more justices, more decisions get more mainstream. Right. Right. Um, they get less extreme because getting 15 people is like herding cats on any <laughs> one issue, right? And the other things that some of these other issues that you're talking about, I heard TL mention uh, term limits, right? Now, I think term limits should be constitutional. Other people think that term limits, you need a constitutional amendment. You know how you get term limits? Give me 20 justices Mm. who think term limits are constitutional. Mm. And guess what? They're constitutional. Because right, the Supreme right. Court can do whatever it wants. See, but now, okay, now, within when is it in? Why not 40 justices? Why not? Why not? I mean, I mean here's, so where, Stacey, here's where does it where does it end then? What? It's uh, I, who cares? Like here, okay, so I have a couple of arguments for this, I'll, and this is the last I gotta go. So these are the last two. Okay, I'll, right? okay, yes. All right. One, right now, conservatives control the court six to three. Mm-hmm. If I want to put ten justices on, let's say, and we want we get it to be thirteen to six, and then Republicans come back and they put ten justices on, and it's sixteen thirteen, how is that worse? 
Right. How is that worse than what right now we are behind? If mm. we go 10 and they go 10 and we go 10, and how is that worse than where we are now? Number one. Mm. Number two, okay. understand the American Supreme Court is overpowered compared to other countries, right? No other Western industrialized country other than maybe India has a Supreme Court nearly as powerful as ours. This, this power that I was just talking about to veto what the other two branches of government say, that doesn't happen in Canada. That right, The right. French Supreme Court cannot veto the, the prime minister of France. Are you kidding me? It's right. our Supreme Court that can do that. So when you say, Stacey, where does it end? If the Supreme Court gets so big that it simply becomes a super legislature, that would actually make it work more like other countries. Mm. We would just have a Supreme Court super legislature mm. as opposed to our current legislature. Wow. Well, now, oh, now we note, see why you're so controversial. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we see why he's man. He's the man. Right. That's what. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, 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 everybody. In closing, right. here's Ellie Mistow's book. Allow me to retort on the New York Times bestseller list. I promise you, you won't be able to put it down. Nah, I saw that. He's like the black voice that echoes in the cave of whiteness. That's my man. Ellie missed out, and uh, we want you Ellie. to go out and get the book, and also keep tuning in to MSNBC to check him out. So, till one day he's a correspondent. Ah, uh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> we got to make any, him official. Any, any closing words, Ellie? Any, any closing words for the folks, man? Uh, man, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Thank you for bringing the real voice to the people. This is, uh, you know, the reason why I, I coined the, the term white wing media is because we get so much of our news and information filtered through whiteness. One of the reasons mm -hmm. why I wrote the book and one of the reasons why I was very happy to come on your show is that just talking um, about what's happening in our country without the white filter, mm -hmm. that's actually super important. So thank you mm -hmm. guys for what you're doing. No problem, and thank you for joining right, us. Uh, don't forget, late uh, Terry. You want it? You got something in closing? You you got something tonight? Yeah. Well, you know, as in always, we thank you guys for coming to our digital neighborhood. And as always, love is the new black. Once again, y'all. Uh, again, thank you, Ellie. We we really appreciate you taking some time out with us. Don't forget to check them out occasionally on MSNBC. Don't forget to get the book once it's available. One uh, uh, on uh, you can order it. Uh, allow me to retort. We uh, we want you to go on uh, YouTube and subscribe. We'll see you back here next week with the weekly podcast, Real Brothers for the Real World in our digital neighborhood. And the Thank podcast you much, can be found on all major major, That's right. major major outlets wherever you get your podcasts. Ellie, thanks again, man. Be Thank safe out there. We'll be talking to you. Peace all out, right, guys. Ellie, thanks all a right. lot.